sit down, take a chew and chew my money till we get it. Till we get it. Paul Wall in the Coopers, what was they talking? Money speak, all that bullshit, keep it. Run the side, run the side. Wait, what are we anti or what are we pro? Pro homosexual. We're not just pro homosexual. We're professional homosexual of any kind, gay of any flavor. No, we're against. Uh, we're ACAB, and then what was the acronym we used for? Um, it was like for coroners. A M E A B. All medical examiners are bastards. Yeah, yeah. Those That's are our two examples. You you completed the every the hodge today. Yeah, I uh, Wednesday I was driving down the street Bellevue, which is like a suburb of Nashville, and I saw that sign that I sent you the picture of, and we we posted it as a story on our Instagram, which a little teaser, if you will, a little, yeah. a little flirtation with the idea. <laughs> yeah, and it it just said this Sunday, ten thirty a.m. Brian from the band Corn, uh, guest speaker. It, it was one of those things like I literally had to like turn in and like kind of like I had to read it twice and then I took a picture of it because I was just like it was just one of those things like it's like that's a that's a really odd pairing you know new new metal lead guitarist and a Presbyterian church it's about time yeah but uh, I did a little Wikipedia research and apparently you know and after going to the the service this morning you know apparently Brian's a born again Christian. It, that happened a while ago, right? He's been a born again Christian. He got he got saved in the early two thousands, I think, in the in the in the kind of blood rush of nine eleven. Uh, kind of after mm -hmm. all that, everyone became, and in a sense, we all became evangelical Christians after nine eleven. And I think he got swept up in that as well. Am I right? He's been a Christian since the early two thousands. Yeah. So so from his story and like on Wikipedia as well, like I, the year you can really. I would say the the best year to put it would be like 2004 or 2005. Okay. Because he he did touch on 9/11 and that you he know He talked about 9/11 today at the yeah. sermon? No way. Uh, he brought up 9/11 at the yeah. sermon? Yes. At, how at, how did you bring up 9/11, brother? So so his speech was like it was, it was basically kind of like his life story mm -hmm. and like how he came to like in, you in know, our Christian world Robert, we call that your testimony. Yeah, it's his testimony. His te he shared his testimony. Yeah, and you know what? What kind of fueled his What kind of fueled him to be be born again was his drug addiction. What um, was he addicted to? He it was drinking. He always just said drugs, but at, near the end he mentioned methamphetamine cool. and Xanax. So yeah. I think, and especially being like a rock star, it's it's almost like at the height. Corn was at. They were probably. They probably did everything at least once. And we can't ignore exactly what you just said. The height of Corn. They were fucking household names. Your parents knew who Corn were. They were the coolest. Late nineties, yeah. right? That's when they really peaked. Yeah, like mid to late nineties. You know, they they were on Woodstock '99 before the fire started, mm -hmm. when it was still a cool festival. <laughs> if, yeah, when you know those pants that you think of, like ripped pants, whatever they're called. The Jinko jeans? Yeah, Jinko jeans. You know what I mean? That is, you think of that, that is immediately like, oh yeah, the legendary time of corn. That is like, yeah. that is when they were the boys. They were the gods on top of the mountain that brought down commandments for us. You know, wear these yeah. pants, rock out. You got it. Yes, sir. Brian Kelly. Is it spelled the same way my, my, my name is? E2Es and Kelly? Or is it Brian Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y? No, his, 
So his full name's Brian Welch. I guess I really heard what I want to hear. Huh? I think it's. I think you just wanted to hear that. Yeah, I heard his name was J.T. Kelly. I thought it was what his <laughs> name was. J.T. Well, Kelly. Well, what's what's funny though is he's got a he ha, he has a nickname, and it was you know when he was in corn mainly, his nickname was Head. That's cool. Yeah, because he's think, addicted to getting head. Is that why? Probably. <laughs> That's cool. He's like he's like you know what I really love. He's like getting head. He's like just call me that, guys. You know, I'll tell you, growing up around all the testimonies, it just made me want to get sinning. It's like when a guy like that comes in, most of his testimony is like, yeah, I was having sex with like three to four women a night, sometimes a couple of them at the same time. And I was doing hard drugs and making tons of money. And, you know, it just felt horrible. And I realized I had to come back to this option that was always going to be there for me. And I could go out and do all these things and just come back to a safe haven. And I was like, yeah. Got it. <laughs> okay. This will always be received. here. Good to know. Yeah, loud and clear, buddy. You're telling me I can go out and do every sin I can imagine and then just come back and be kind of like a legend in the game where I can come back on stage and just tell people all the dope shit I did and pretend well, like we're too yeah. bad. Yeah, it was horrible. Oh man, I I remember this one time I was having sex with these supermodels and we're all high on cocaine and I looked in the mirror as I was fucking them both at the same time and I thought what are you really doing here, man? And everyone's just like, yeah, you're in for a good job. You gave up two pussies next to each other. You're the man. That's, that's the coolest part of Christianity is half of it is just bragging about before you were a Christian. <laughs> just bragging about the pre-Christian days. Yeah. Oh, hey, back before I knew better, man, sometimes I'd stack them up on top of each other and just nail them next to each other. Yeah, I was that sinful. That's how sinful of a man I was. Wow. It's, like the, it's like the AA circle when they all start to brag about their drinking stories. <laughs> Especially, have you ever been to AA? No. I absolutely have. And one thing that's great about AA is the amount of people that just like casually bring up like B-level celebrities that they know. <laughs> yeah. They go back, oh yeah, back when I was drinking, I mean really drinking. Like I did so much cocaine, the doctor from Becker, that show Becker, Came out and would hang out with me and drink with me. Yeah. And he, he, I have his number in my phone still. That's how much we drank together. I can show you guys after. You know what I mean? Those types of AA people. It's like, wow, you really were a legend of the game, weren't you? You were drinking so much. You got you got phone numbers from slightly famous people. Yeah. Uh, Gallagher used to say I, had, I drank more than anyone he ever partied with. Gallagher said that about me. <laughs> but now? Um, hey, do you, you've watched the bit where our, our main man, Mr. Kaufman, goes Christian, right? Mr. Kaufman? Andy Kaufman goes Christian. Have you seen any of that stuff? No, I ha I haven't seen that. Oh, he burned, Sorry, he, didn't, he, he rebranded his evangelical Coffin. for a while. I thought you said Coffin. Mr. Coffin. Kaufman. Very dark friend um, I have. I like I've seen his like SNL clips and the wrestling stuff. Like the wrestling promos he would do <laughs> on late night. Yeah, where he could beat any woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so when when did he like when did he uh become born again? Um, I can't remember. It was for a brief period. He met some lady on the on a plane that was like, "I'm going to witness to you." And it was around the same time that like a bunch of Christians or a bunch of people that had kind of like gone into obscurity decided to become Christian to try to get like a new little bump in their resume, be cool again for a second. And he just jumped on that kind of ironically. You like Andy Kaufman? Yeah, the stuff like the stuff I've seen, it, it's been funny. Funny like, stuff. I, I can understand why a lot of people growing up with it, you know, idolize them. 
I also understand why people just don't think it's funny at all. You know what I mean? I've oh, seen yeah. plenty of stuff from him that I'm just like, yeah, dude, not fucking awesome to me. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. So Brian Welsh, you show up and he's given the sermon. Was there rock? Was there music before? Give me kind of the rundown. Give me the Robert point of view. You show up to the church. You park. What happens? You park. You get out of the car. What's yeah. next? What happens next? So let me preface that as I'm Please. driving up. As I'm driving up, I'm worried that either it's it's going to be jam packed. Like there's like I'm going to have to stand in the back if I even want to get in here, or it's just going to be like a regular service for this congregation. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, but also unfortunately, it was the latter one. Like I got parking right next to the front door. Nice. How bad so it was, was handicapped. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it, it was, yeah, like still plentiful parking. I get in there and I already notice um, there's a, there's like three groups of couples and I could immediately tell it's like, oh, like they're here for Brian. Like they don't normally go here. If they do and they're here for Brian, then that's like a one percenter. Yeah. Because <laughs> how big this wasn't a mega church though, right? This was like a very moderately sized Baptist church. Look, Baptist or Pres- sorry, Presbyterian. Yeah, th- this is like your standard standard issue church. You know, there's maybe like I think there was enough to maybe sit seat like 150, maybe 200 people. Um, but it's not like, no, there's maybe like 40 people total. And you think maybe 20 of them typically go to the church. I would say, I would say like 30. Then you got the corn heads. Yeah. Or the Jesus freaks. They're either corn heads or Jesus freaks or, Hey, maybe they're a little bit of both. Yeah. So up front, I immediately see, uh, Guy with suspenders and bow tie, but he's got those huge ass uh, gauges in his ear. And I was like, oh, he, I was like, I bet he fucks and listens to corn. And his buddy next to him, he had like a, uh, he had a mullet, but it was like all jet black hair and like he was wearing all black. And I was like, yeah, he's, he's here for corn too. Oh, yeah. He's a Tennessee goth. Tennessee, do you think that they were believers? You know, I, th- I think so. Or they're just good actors because, you know, they were engaged. The whole time, mm-hmm. like it, it wasn't just Brian speaking, because you know they had the normal pastor go up. Oh yeah, give whole. me a little bit of the rundown. So you get in there, you see a few people. There's like ten, two, like five couples. You know them, the cornheads. You know them, the cob yeah. boys. They on the cob with you. Then yeah, you I, you sit down, you get your chair. Yeah, I saw some Tumblr girls. You know, I was like, yeah, they're here for corn. Mm-hmm. You know, they're here with their boyfriends or their girlfriends. We're not here to judge. Mm-mm, not on this podcast. Mm-mm. So yeah, I'm just you know I'm kind of getting a feel for the room, and then uh, pastor comes up, or at least I think that's what they call them in Presbyterian. We'll just say pastor, the preacher man. Yeah, preacher man. Um, and it's it's really just kind of like again like your standard issue Protestant service up until you know near the end when Brian comes up. You know, you start off with a with a song, you go into like kind of like the Sunday announcements for just, oh, yeah, you know, please keep so and so in your prayers like they just had hip surgery. So they're recovering. And, you know, the the preacher does an Old Testament reading and a little interpretation of it. And then he also does like the, the children's sermon which I don't know if you've ever been to a church where it's like, all right, now all the kids, you know, under 13 come up and, you know, sit on the steps 
and I'm just going to talk to y'all and your parents will be in the background hearing this kind of like do the parents still look at the stage yeah it's I remember this happening at preschool sometimes where it's like oh yeah like all the kids who were born in March like come up here and like you know you get you get to sit and stand up here with the pastor Mm -hmm. but like he's gonna he's got like a he's got like a special story for y'all but he's still mic'd up so it's like everyone's still hearing it it's it's basically just to like i think it's just to embarrass kids because you know they they don't want to be up there they want to speak directly to those children's hearts robert yeah they want to get right in those kids fucking heads yeah weird okay so they had the kids come up on stage for everyone to ooh and ah and then he gave a sermon to the kids he taught was the corn did you see the corn guy at this point was he in the green room did you see him in the crowd? Yeah, so they had they had two uh, two altars or two podiums, really podiums. Uh, right side was our standard issue preacher, Mr. Scott. On the other one, uh, seated behind it was Brian. And as soon as I walked in and sat down, like I saw him, and honestly, like if <sighs> he was the only guy over the like below the age of 50 on that stage. So he was pretty like you could, even if you had never seen him before or even anyone from corn, you, you would be like, Oh, that like that guy's not normally here. <laughs> guy, that guy's not a normal fella. Like he, <laughs> that he, fella like, stands out. <laughs> like there's a special happening going on this week. It's a, <laughs> a white guy with dread. Issued, yeah. Yeah. This fella ain't run of the mill. This fella is this fella's a rare one. Okay. Yeah. Not your standard issue fella there. Got it. But yeah, he's he's just kind of like sitting there and you know, not trying to watching porn on his phone. No, he was just kind of like awkwardly like, you know, looking at the choir when they sang and like looking at the preacher and just like God, they don't know how to rock like I can rock. <laughs> he's like, God, he's like that fucking bitch, third row. Like on the edge, fucking out of tune, man. Yeah. Dude, I, I would I would love if he roasted those guys and Beck. You don't you don't know how to get the back of the throat. How? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know a fucking corn song. I'll be honest with you. What's a what's a corn song I might know? Uh, freak on a leash. Oh yeah, sorry. I'll yeah. say I'll, I'm gonna reel back what I said. Of course I know. <laughs> I mean, everyone like freak on a leash. My personal favorite is Twist because it's really just all that new metal scatting. Um, I think what's the singer's name? Jordan Davis or Jonathan Davis? Yeah. But it's just all new metal scatting from him. Which when I, when I heard that, I was just like, man, this this shit's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, yeah. oh man, new metal is fan- my favorite genre, <laughs> besides old metal, of course. Would you say you're a connoisseur of new metal? I would say I'm a contender. New Testament new metal. metal. I am <laughs> now I'm New Testament. It spells new in you still. Yeah. For oh, and that should be the name of his book. You know the thing in his book that he wrote about becoming a Christian is he cusses mm-hmm. a lot in the book and he says it's something that he's working on. And that's like a hilarious side point is the fact that like he acts like a netter and couldn't say, Hey, do you want to take the cuss words out? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's something I'm working on. Yeah, it's you know, surprisingly, like he didn't swear in his cert, you know, in his test testimony today, which I, I'm pretty sure they had a long discussion. Like, hey, there's there's like small children here. How long did he talk for? Oh God, he probably talked for like 30 minutes. Oh wow. Well, because, what would you? What would, What was his message? Give me a little bit. Give me a little bit of rundown how the corn boys chop it up. So 
I'll get into that here pretty quickly, but just to stay on the timeline, the kids lesson ends, they go back to their seats and then there's, there's another song. But after that song, Brian gets up to the left podium and he reads the new Testament, uh, excerpt that they got. Oh, they also had this, um, I got a couple of, uh, the other literature. They had this one. Oh, nice. Brian Just, uh, Head Welsh from the band Corn. Would you read off the description there for us? Yeah, let's see. Uh, Brian Welch is not only the lead guitarist for the seminal new metal band, and they spelt new metal correctly. Nice. Corn, but he is also a brother in Christ with a story of redemption and restoration to share. Uh, he and his bandmates have sold over 35 million albums, toured the world over with arena sellouts. Brian is also a published author, Eyes Wide Open, and featured in a Showtime music documentary, Loud Crazy Love, which chronicles his incredible faith journey that includes his conversion to Christ, his life in corn, and the challenges and opportunities to live for God in the world of rock and roll and as a single father. Don't miss this incredible and unique morning of worship. I could obviously tell that really the only advertising they did for this was through the people in the church, just basically like, oh yeah, next week we got Brian Welch from Corn. Um, you know, tell your tell your cool brothers and kids, and then the, tell uh, your cool brother. <laughs> I'll tell your cool older brother that likes Corn. <laughs> tell your cool neighbor. Hey, you know the neighbor that can clearly be identified as a Corn fan. Why don't yeah. you ask that cool guy to come to church with you this Sunday? Still wears the all black <laughs> jeans with all the chains. <laughs> you know the guy that you know is a corn fan? Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Smokes Marlboro Red still? Yeah, he's yeah. cool. You know, ticket line cook that's very special to you and ask him to come to church this Sunday. Yeah, so it's really just in, like internal word of mouth advertising and then this their little campaign, if you will. Basically. And the uh, the sign out front by the road, you know, the little with the little uh, letters, little not sandwich board, but whatever. It's a sandwich board. It's just a, uh, it's a, com it's like a communion bread sandwich. Yeah, New Testament reading, which was uh, Philippians three ten through sixteen. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm I'd pretty sure at one point it says to let nothing offensive come out of your mouth. Maybe. Maybe, maybe I feel like Philippians three is about the way that you talk and interact with people, and I, I feel like one of the things that it calls out is like uh, essentially like cursing people. What, what what what's the gist of it? So the gist of it is that you know I am not my own person. Like Jesus Christ has made me my own. Wow. Um, here here's here's a part of it. I press I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus, and. Let's see. That it's, sounds like a new metal song right there. Yeah. Uh, under oath, take some fucking notes. So Brian reads the New Testament reading, and then it, it segues into his testimony about to, like, to know Christ is what he titled it. Mm -hmm. And he goes into, um, it was Paul. I think it was Paul. He was, he was on his way to persecute some Christians, but then he gets blinded before he can. Talk about the road to Damascus, yeah. Yeah. I I don't think that actually happened though. 
You don't think that part happened? No! I think the Apostle Paul is just a, a guy that saw the tides kind of changing and was like, hey, uh, actually, you know all the apostles, the people that walked with Christ? I'm the last one. Jesus actually appeared to me where no one can see me, and now I'm going to write most of the Bible. I think that's what Paul was. Anyways, he talks about the story with Paul being blinded and Jesus saying, why are you persecuting me? Like, why, why are you... Why are you doing this to me? And he's just like, no, like I'm, I'm just doing it to these Christians. You know, it's, it's, it's my job. And he's like, well, no, like, you know, I live inside them, my believers, and like I live inside you as well. As he's going through his story, he keeps kind of going back to this because that story is what really, like, I think resonated with him. Um, you know, becoming born again. So and, he saw himself as persecuting Christians playing absolute rock and motherfucking role in the rock and roll band corn. He saw himself as the Apostle Paul, except instead of feeding Christians to the lions, he's fear filling their ear with absolute demon rock and roll, baby. Well, he also touched on like, you know, he saw himself, he, you know, he, he saw himself go through like, you know, when you, when you sow yourself to the flesh. You know, that was that was one of the terms he mentioned, you know, by doing like drugs and, you know, sleeping with two different women at the same time and, you know, mm -hmm. methamphetamine. He brought that up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I was snorting meth off of beautiful hookers, double D's tits as their best friend would blow me and say that you're the coolest rock and roller of all time. I thought, God, I hate I hate I hate this. I never want to do this. That's what he said. Probably. This, this feels so bad. Oh. Back to his story, which I mean, you know, honestly, like if you haven't already seen the Showtime uh, documentary or read his book, that you're probably like you're probably going to get what he spoke to us, but just in a more complete sense. And that's on the Fart Locker book club list. Yes, is that documentary? That's going to be our December reading, folks. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so he's going kind of through the timeline of the band Corn and his his life. Because he's like, yeah, you know, then we got we got our first record deal and we're, you know, we're opening up for, you know, No Doubt and Ozzy Osbourne. And, you know, it's just like, you know, 12 year old me is just like so psyched to be out on the road and doing this for a living. And then he's like, then, you know, our third album comes out and, you know, we had a we had a hit song, Freak on a Leash. And he's like, it's kind of weird saying that, you know, to a congregation, you know, in a church. But that that was the song. It really comes down to like they started doing more drugs and drinking with the pressure of having to like follow that album up. And I'm Googling Freak on the Leash lyrics while you tell me this. All right. Which when when he kind of got to that point in the story, you know, as, as someone who's watched a lot of rock documentaries and just I've been in music for most of my life, like I've heard plenty of other artists say that, you know, or kind of have that same sort of a uh, hurdle i would say you know you, you got a number one record out okay well what's next and everyone's looking at you for either the same the same thing you put out last time or something even better than that mm -hmm. and i mean you can even see it in a lot of like a lot of you know famous musicians or bands you know they have that breakthrough album whether it's the first one or their fifth one even and then the follow-up like immediately after it it's really just either like the second version of it but it's you can kind of tell it's like these were the b-sides to the last album 
or they do like a complete 180 and try to do something completely different and it either doesn't stick or you know it's just... is it the path corn went down how did corn follow up the freak on a leash album let me pull that let me pull that one up pull... while you pull that up i'd like to okay. something takes a part of me something lost and never seen every time i start to believe something's raped and taken from me from me life's gotta always be messing with me you want to see the light can't they chill and let me be free so do i can't take away all this pain you want to see the light i try every night all in vain in vain sometimes i cannot take this place sometimes it's my life i can't taste sometimes i cannot feel my face you'll never see me fall from grace something takes a part of me you and I were meant to be a cheap fuck for me to lay. Something takes a part of me. Feeling like a freak on a leash kind of does that. Does that. Oh, my favorite part. So fight something on the Mingaboo. Fight some things they fight. So something on the Mingaboo. Fight some things they fight. Fight something on the Mingaboo. Know some things they fight. Fight something on the Mingaboo. Fight some things they fight. I think that's about Jesus. Some po- some poetic justice for Jesus. <laughs> yeah, what's the Mingaboo? I'm googling Mingaboo. Okay, so I've got their discography pulled up here. So follow the leader. That's that's where Freak on a Leash came came from. Obviously, '98. It's just you know, it's it's all bangers. Issues is the next one they followed up with. And you know, I'll 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 be honest. I'm pretty surface level corn fan. Like I'm not I'm not a diehard. So I haven't I haven't listened to issues before, but f- even from what Brian like talking about it, he's just like, yeah, you know, there's some good songs on it, but he's just like, we knew we couldn't repeat that success so quickly, and he's just like, there's some other, he's like, there's some things like we kind of wish we could have done differently looking back. But there was one guy, like one of the like the guy with the gauges, he, he actually said uh, when. Brian mentioned, he was like, oh yeah, and you know, like, Falling Away From Me, like, that was a pretty good song on it. He just immediately like, stood up, he's like, that's the best fucking corn song. Nice. And Brian was just like, alright, well, you know, like, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, you know? Like, it's, like, we're not all just freaks on leashes here. Another one of the lyrics from Freak on Leash is, da boom na ba boom na boom na na da boom na da boom na na Yeah, that's, I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, music video for Freak on a Leash, but that's when he goes into Matrix mode. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And during that time, too, Matrix was honestly one of the coolest mothers. The the Vin circle of Matrix fans and Korn fans is like a, there's a perfect, very tight vagina in the middle of that Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah. One tight, tight little thing down there. So anyway. Looking like the, the Freemason compass and whatever. You yeah. Know what I mean, just like this. <laughs> so it's it's really just kind of like this like 30 minute um timeline of his life and you know being in the band corn and pressures from being famous like a lot of celebrities talk about you know how the the drugs and alcohol get out of hand and you know how all their marriages ended in divorce is and he not married he's not married to, he's not married to his daughter's mother anymore that was like his first marriage that one ended in divorce. I would have to double check if he's like if he remarried. Part you know, part of his identity is like being a single dad. So I don't I don't know if he's officially remarried. You know, he's out on tour and he comes home and you know he finds out his wife's been cheating on him with 
these like meth heads that are like white supremacists. What? Yeah. He gets his he gets cucked by a Nazi. Oh, what an abs! That's more than a slap in the face. I wouldn't be able to survive. My man gets cucked by a Nazi. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mister Josh or Brian. <laughs> so Josh is another guy, and you think I cucked by a Nazi? <laughs> <laughs> total total corn looking fan, if you know what I mean. But like th- this is when it, it, like his story gets pretty depressing because it's like all right he comes home from tour and you know his his wife is this like fucking meth junkie you know sleeping with getting you know he's getting cucked by nazis oh and so he gets full custody of his daughter and shortly after you know his his now you know his his former wife his ex-wife uh she gets uh put in jail and like at this point you know he's talking about he's like yeah i normally would be right no not, not when Dog the Bounty Hunters. <laughs> not when. Wait, did right. Dog come after her? I don't. <laughs> I wish. That would be an amazing episode if Dog went after the Corn Wife, <laughs> it the all first t- lady it all of New Metal. Yeah. So I actually have the Freak on a Leash music video up on my screen without any music to it. You're just watching the visuals. Yeah, I think it's demonic. <laughs> I see why a lot of parents were scared that this was demonic. I agree. It definitely seems demonic. Yeah. And so during this whole time as well, he, he, you know, he's hinting that he's been trying to get sober and like trying to clean up his act and that he was, he was semi successful up until you guessed it, 9 11 happened. Yeah. 9 11 was rough for me too, as far yeah. as sobriety is concerned. Yeah. So because, you know, because of the tragedy, you know, he starts drinking again. And wait, just- so he was sober and 9 11 made him break edge. Yeah, that's what he said. Saudi Arabia, what you have done to this country with your collusion with the Bush administration goes further than just the general public. You have disrupted one of the creative minds of corn and Saudi Arabia. You will pay for that at the gates of heaven. Okay? <laughs> and all of Prescott's heirs will pay for that at the gates of heaven. Couldn't have said it better myself, JT. One day. Yeah, our justice will come not in this realm, but in the heavenly realm. Yeah, you know, falls off the wagon there because uh, of nine eleven. Yes. Yeah, as it if, was, it as was if, on everyone, even as, as if, if they. Yeah. Sorry, but I was watching this YouTube video going down another rabbit hole for the Disney Channel, and apparently, I don't even I I, I didn't even remember this, but like the Disney Channel had all their little stars at the time do like reflections on 9-11 in 2002 is like a one-year anniversary thing and they would run that in between shows so one minute you're watching lizzie mcguire waiting for even stevens to come on and then you just see uh hillary duff talking about 9-11 wait what did hillary duff have to say about 9-11 hopefully that she didn't like it (laughs) she wasn't like praise god for the sins of this nation finally praise mighty allah for bringing his enemies to their knees through 9-11 Watch Disney. The name's Hillary Duff. <laughs> no, it, like from from the clips the YouTube video showed, it was just they're just like, oh yeah, just like I just remember that like it was just like everyone was sad after that. I was like, yeah, no shit, we were all sad. All right, so to wrap the story up, he he hits rock bottom, you know, in about two thousand three, two thousand four, a la Bin Laden. Go on. Yeah, and and he he gets hooked on methamphetamine at the time. 
Well, yeah, dude, nine eleven it just happened. Be a little sensitive. And so, you know, he he gets to his rock bottom. He's telling us how, you know, he was he was even suicidal at at one point. You know, he gets into a program and he's he just he you know he mentioned like it took him a few weeks to like have it fully click for him. And going back to talking to your older brother when he met, you know, when he was telling us no, like Jesus speaks to people through through the book through reading it themselves. And that's what he said, you know, like he got this feeling of, you know, someone surrounding him and being warm and comforting, you know, after reading the book for a few weeks and, you know, coming upon like these passages that just really clicked for him. And the Philippians one and the story of Paul is what really juiced, juiced corn into uh, evangelical Christianity. Well, I think that's what juiced him up because... In two thousand, because in two thousand five, that's when he left the band Corn. To like, oh, he left the band Corn. Yeah, he like he he rejoined like I think it was like ten years later. But like in two thousand five, he's just like, yeah, I'm out of the band. Like I'm a born again Christian. Like I'm wow. I'm not going to do. He's like, I got enough money to kind of just be a dad, and you know, I'm not going to give in to those temptations on the road. Nice. Now that's a man of God. Yeah. But he still has the dreads. He said, that's the one thing that I just can't give up. He's just like, I'm not giving up this fucking hair, man. Uh, he says, I refuse. But yeah, like, you know, he was, he left corn for a while and he came back and yeah, it was about 2014. And he's still with them too. Well, so if you go to that, uh, I want to do a cold open, and I want to read, and here's what I want to do. When I point at you, you got to say the Mingaboo, okay? The Mingaboo? Yeah. Okay. You ready? Yeah. So fight something on... The Mingaboo. Fight some things they fight. So something on... Mingaboo. Fight some things they fight. Fight something on... The Mingaboo. Know some things they fight. Fight something on the Mingaboo. Fight some things they fight. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But I gotta say, it was a pretty good Sunday morning, you know. It sounds like it. I'm really jealous. I really want to come. Oh, I can't come out in January because we're going to Abilene for both the weekends in January that were free. Okay. Cool Sunday. I got to meet, you know, guy from Corn. Got a photo with him, which we'll post up later, you know, help promote the uh, episode. And I think uh, next on the list is we go to Memphis to uh, Al Green's church. Oh, does he still preach? Um, I looked it up and it's like once in a, like, it sounds like maybe once a month he'll get up and like do the full service. But with his age, I think it's it's mostly like just, you know, other like pastors and bishops that are under his church. But I have heard that the house band there fucking rips. I so, am. yeah, I'm in. And honestly, dude, like every time I've been to Memphis has been a pretty damn good time. So I'm looking forward to it. What if, what if we went to Memphis together just to go to the church? Yeah, I we mean, can I... stay at the Bass Pro Shop. 
dude, fuck my birthday. You want to do that? Oh, well, do you already have like a man? Are are you free the the week before your wedding? I should be. Would it, do you, would you be down to do like the the Memphis Pyramid hotel stay and then go to Jesse Jackson's church on a Sunday? <laughs> it's Al Green, not Jesse Jackson. Ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> So racist. I'm sorry. Wait, you said Al Green. You mean Al Sharpton, right? No. <laughs> yes, he's he's going to do the weather report and then uh, lead us in prayer. Wait, Al Green, the singer, has a church. Yeah. Holy shit! I didn't like, know that. He he's another famous musician that he has completely naked singing that song, the one that everyone knows. Let's stay together. Yeah. Right. I don't think he's stripped completely naked. Oh, I'm thinking the I'll make love to you guy. Mark, I'll okay. make love to you like you want me to. And I will not let go until you tell me to. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But oh, yeah, would another... you want to do that? Yeah. Like I, I was so my like my dad's like a huge Al Green fan. And when he played Austin back in 2019, like I, I took him to the show. Like I like I was already thinking about it. It's like, oh, like maybe, like, maybe my dad would be down to just meet me in Memphis like one Sunday morning and like we just go to it, see see like what happens. Like if if you want to do it. And but here's the thing, I would want to like I would want to like dress up like Sunday best style. Oh, I would bring like, my suit costume. for my wedding. <laughs> yeah. I would bring my custom fitted suit. I would smoke a fucking Fidel Castro sized blunt right before we went in. And I would enjoy Al Green singing to us, not to you, to us. <laughs> to everyone, us as yeah. a collective. It's not me. He's not singing to me. He's not singing to you. He's singing to us. Every, yeah. You and I would do. We're all, I've done mushrooms. I get it. We're all connected, you know? Honestly, that, that's, how, that's how we move in from like just an audio podcast to YouTube. It's just we go on like famous like famous Christian churches, but not like oh this is like one of the he's like one of the biggest televangelists in the country. It's like no like we go see fucking Al Green, we go see you know we follow Brian Welch on his fucking mm-hmm. his church tour. Like, do you think he's on a church tour? Oh no! He, so I I can't believe I left I can't believe I left this out. Early. You want to do a clap and bring this back into the podcast? Oh, it's probably too late now. I put that mark where we want to cut that one part out. Anyways, um, like when Brian first got up there and he was kind of talking about like, you know, being being at the church and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Um, you know, thanks so much, Scotty, for uh, bringing me up, you know, and he was like, you know, funny enough. Um, he's like, Scotty's my my agent. He's like, he's my speaking agent. And so, you know, he just said, hey, you want to come to my congregation one day? And he was like, hell yeah. And like everyone kind of laughed when he's like, yeah, Scotty's my agent. And everyone was like, oh, okay. But then I quickly like Googled that. I just Googled Scott's name and dead ass. Like he's like a Christian agent in Nashville. Shut the fuck up. What's his name? Here. I got here. Where is it? Yeah. Reverend Scott Huey, which I'll spell Huey for you. You ready? Uh-huh. H-U-I-E. Wow. Oh. Scott Huey, Nashville. Yeah. 
All right. We need to get this guy on the pod. <laughs> Let's get Scott on the pod next. Kramer from Guns N' Roses to Amy Grant. You know, my dad was friends with Amy Grant. Oh, really? Email Scott. Oh, let's view his artist. Who does Scott represent? Brian Welsh and Brian Reyes. The band Petra, my man. Yeah. Um, I don't know any of these people. Seventh Day Slumber is a very good name. Very Christian name. <laughs> jazz. But yeah. he, he represents Slim Gambill. Slim Gambill, the Christian jazz man. Listen, I'm a Christian jazz man. My name's Jason Slim Gambill. Oh, hang on. Hang on. 13,000 followers on Instagram. I'll fall back. <laughs> and uh, he plays with Lady A, which is the, you know, I'm talking about. Yeah, it's like the, I would say like pop country trio. No, it is the black R&B singer from the Pacific Northwest. Oh. I'm kidding. They stole that name from her, though. Nothing's funnier than them changing their name because they're like, yeah, Lady Antebellum's racist. We're going to go by Lady A. And this like black woman that's been in the industry like 30 years, it's like mid-level market is like, actually, that's what I go by. And they were like, well, let's have a Zoom meeting to talk about it. And she was like, I really don't want you guys to use my name. And then Lady A posts on their Instagram like, we talked to Lady A. She's chill with it. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm not. But I, I, you like, guys are like very met. rich. She's like, we never even talked about it. Hilarious. Hilarious. And then the girl from the band Lady A was like, sorry, bitch, that's showbiz. Yeah, that's showbiz. This is what <laughs> fucking this actually, that's how it works in the music industry, in case you're new to this. <laughs> I'm trying to check out uh, Ryan Reyes. I'm a little drunk, to be honest. Co-founder of the Whosoever Movement, Ryan Reyes with lead singer Sonny Sobital. Oh, P.O.D. And guitarist. Wait, recognizes Jesus Day. Oh, okay, hang on. So I I actually waited in line to meet P.O.D. at a guitar center when I was a little boy. Really? I swear to fucking God. Ryan Reyes is co-founder. Okay, so it doesn't really say what this fool does or know shit about, but he don't really seem like a dude that did shit before he was a Christian. Yeah. Seems like his identity is being like a cool-ass Christian. So yeah, I went... lead me to the cross. But yeah, I met I met Brian Welch, and then I met his Christian speaking agent. You met him? Well, yeah. I mean, he like you know, like most pastors do. They uh... sorry, I just got a text. You know, like most pastors, at the end of the service, they stand by the front door and shake everyone's hands and you know, continue continue the COVID strand. <laughs> ah, I finally found out Ryan's story. Growing up in Los Angeles as the son of a megachurch pastor, <laughs> he says, I want to do, I want to get rich just like daddy. But I want it taxed. <laughs> do, you, do you think Christian bands can like be tax exempt? Because it's like, oh no, this is all for the Lord. Like, there's, we're technically a, there's got to be a way to do church. that, right? Because, like, I remember so many people, like, that were in hardcore bands that rebranded as Christian hardcore bands mm -hmm. at a time where they could literally just make more money. Yeah. 
I mean, you're you're really it's really just like you're tapping into a built-in market. Whether that's forced by the parents or there's just people, it's like, no, like, you know, if you're gonna talk about mythical shit, let's talk about Jesus and the apostles. Let's not talk about Mordor. Let's not talk. We don't talk about Mordor in this household. Wanna sign me? Wanna sign me?